welcome to the new Change of Directions podcast. We, that is Nicole Scott and myself, Don Dahlmann, we want to take you on a journey that hopefully will change the direction about how you think about energy and hydrogen. Don and I are experienced journalists, and last year we released a documentary called Discovering Hydrogen. It actually won several awards at international film festivals. And so we made this movie after researching the possibilities of hydrogen in the automotive sector, and we got excited. Toyota and Hyundai have two hydrogen cars on the market, and when we did the research, we learned all about what hydrogen could do. And it's not just for cars. It is one of the main pillars of the energy transition that we need to make. We need to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels to tackle the biggest problems of our future, climate change. Yeah, it's clear that we have to reduce the use of coal and oil. Solar and wind farms providing a very good alternative, but how do you store the wind or a sunbeam? We must transform sun and wind energy into something that you can store and transport like fossil fuels, like we do it today. And the energy of the future must be versatile, easy to produce, and of course cheap. And to achieve that, I think we need hydrogen. Why hydrogen is so important is because it is a highly dense energy molecule and it only produces water as a byproduct when it's burned. The problem at the moment with hydrogen a bit is 98% of the hydrogen that is produced already, that is used for in, in chemical industries and so on, is used with dirty coal and dirty gas. So uh, it emits a lot of um, CO2 while being produced. So we need green hydrogen. Other, it doesn't make any sense if we don't have green hydrogen. So where can we and how can we produce that? And the easiest thing to do that is actually at wind and solar farms. And you're using a thing called electrolyzer that actually uses water and sun or wind energy to produce hydrogen. And what's great about creating hydrogen from renewable energy is that often... When we make energy, we need to use it immediately. So when the wind turbines spin, it produces electricity. And if we don't need it, then they just turn the wind turbines off. So during the night, when we're just using less energy, we could be creating hydrogen because there's an excess of energy. And this is where, where it gets really exciting. When we start to think about all the unused energy from renewables that could be turned into hydrogen. Yeah, and, and the good thing is like, I mean, the, the problem at the moment with the uh, with solar and wind farms is, as you said, um, they are able to produce hydrogen when there is wind and when there is sun. But the energy uh, grid that we use in most countries at the moment isn't smart. So you only can put a certain amount of energy into the grid. So what do you do with the energy that you don't need at that moment? So you have to store it in a way. And there is no possibility to do that in a, in a good way. You can use batteries, of course, but we all know about the problems that batteries have. So hydrogen provides like a very good alternative in storing the energy that you don't need at the moment. For example, in the summer, when you have enough sun and maybe enough wind, you can store a lot of sun energy and you can use that energy in the winter. 
And where things get even more interesting is if we think about how we're going to be transporting it, because there are a lot of issues with putting hydrogen into a tanker and driving it around. You need to think about turning it into a liquid hydrogen, or does it stay in a gas? And there's all of these things that are actually already a part of our ecosystem, and that is a natural gas pipeline. So in a lot of ways, we can either take hydrogen and already add it to the natural gas pipeline, making the natural gas burn cleaner, or and there's a cost to this part, so this is where the hiccup comes in, we can retrofit the natural gas pipelines to support hydrogen. But it is possible. There is a huge gas network in Europe, for example. This is really, I was amazed when I did the research, it is like thousands of kilometers of gas pipelines lying there. And some of them are not even being used at the moment because everyone switched to nuclear energy or other means of, of energy. So there is this gas network that you only have to retrofit only, of course, but it costs some money, but you only have to retrofit that. And there are plans from the EU to create this so-called green corridor going from Morocco, where you could produce hydrogen easily because they have, you know, all the sun, up to Norway, uh, through whole, like of Spain, France, Germany, uh, um, up to Norway, Scandinavian countries, etc., etc. So you can transport it super easily and you can store it also easy i mean you said you can liquefy it but that takes an amount of energy because you need to cool it down to minus 250 degrees celsius or something and the other version of storing it is actually in the gas storages that you have already and they are used you know to store natural gas and these are like under the earth caves if, if you want to uh, um, say it this way and you can use those natural gas storages that you use now also for hydrogen you don't have to retrofit them or do anything else so there is a lot of technology already there what's most interesting to me is that the average person has heard about hydrogen but they've mostly heard about it when it comes to cars and then we enter into this ridiculous debate that is incredibly distracting, and that is hydrogen cars versus battery electric cars. And this is one of those aggravating parts about the zeitgeist online that really kind of, you know, gets my color up because there is no debate, in, in my opinion. When we look at the future of energy, there are all different kinds. If we look at cars today, we have diesel and we have gas. There are already two different kinds. And the same will be true in the future. Everything won't just be one thing. There'll be options. And hydrogen will be a great option that will be especially interesting for long-haul trucking and logistics. It's going to be super interesting for logistics because a diesel-powered truck can do up to 200, uh, no, sorry, uh, 2,000 kilometers. Battery electric uh, trucks can do 500 maximum 600 kilometers but then you have the large battery that you have to recharge a hydrogen a truck can do easily a thousand or more kilometers and you can refill it in like what 10 minutes or something like that so you save a lot of money and you know how it is for logistics companies the moment a truck stands it's the company's losing money so making these stops that you have to make to refill the car as short as, as possible for a logistics company is a huge deal. I see also a niche for passenger cars because 
some people really have to drive like long distances. I mean, you're from Canada, you know that. So uh, when when we talk in Germany about a long distance, it's about a two-hour drive. When you talk about a long distance, it's about four, six, eight hours or something. It's, it's like, oh, still a short, a short distance. Yeah, that's a short drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a short drive of six hours. So you want to have a car where you maybe don't need to stop or only to stop once or so and refill it quickly. So there is a there is a niche for um, for hydrogen cars. And we tried a hydrogen car. We were lucky enough to uh, have a Hyundai Nexo for a while. And our experience was great. I absolutely loved it. I went up to Denmark a few times. It is exactly the same to me as planning a trip with an electric vehicle, where there still is struggle for the infrastructure being ready. And there is a lot of pre-planning that goes into it when you have to look at, hey, where am I going to charge my vehicle? Where am I going to refill my vehicle? And so we got to kind of learn that where you're the night before checking to make sure that the hydrogen stations are all online. And then yes, they are. So everything is fine. And so you spend a little bit more time thinking about your travel. And this is true for all new forms of transportation based on new energy. It's true. I mean, you have the same with electric cars, depending on where living in germany or like netherlands it's a bit easier because they have a lot of charging station when you go to poland or when you go to the east part of of europe it starts to get a bit more complicated same goes of course for hydrogen you have a, a good amount of hydrogen fueling stations in germany now i think it's 120 or 130 now this year um, but when you come to France, for example, there is not a lot um, and you really have to plan how to get from A to B. So it's it's early stages and we in, are in early stages and rolling out a new technology. But that doesn't mean that you can't use it and that doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense. There are some downsides for, for a hydrogen car and a fuel cell car, which is the energy efficiency, of course. But this should not stop the idea of developing a new technology that can be beneficial in a couple of years so when you say like this is one of the the downsides of today when you say like oh it's a new technology but it's not ready and then you stop developing it then it will be never ready so you have to you have to start at some point and do it and what i like about hydrogen and um is that it's already used in logistics so they are use cases in logistics um that actually working we went to switzerland And we actually had a glimpse of what is happening. That was one of my favorite parts of the documentary we made was visiting Switzerland and seeing how all of these competitors, right? So all of the grocery stores in uh, Switzerland decided to team up and create a delivery system based on trucks. And they all got together to kind of support the creation of a hydrogen infrastructure. And so it was successful. And now they're looking to roll it out outside of Switzerland. And so it was this really great moment of saying, you know what, it's, this isn't government subsidized. This is a bunch of independent businesses working on their own to create a new way of using energy that is clean and renewable. It's really inspirational. It's it's super interesting, but it's also maybe not a surprise that that Switzerland started this initiative. Because, you know, Switzerland, they're all about neutrality and they're all about independency also. 
like what Switzerland is doing at the moment is trying to become also energy independent. They have a lot of hydropower in their in their um, in their country, so they're trying to use hydropower to power basically the whole country, and also use it for uh, making hydrogen. And I think this way of thinking, like how can we get energy independent from oil and coal? Um, this is like one of the most interesting topics because it's going to shape a complete new world order. I mean, we had the experience this year and we still have it with the energy crisis through the um, Russian aggression in Ukraine. And people are starting to think, how can we get more energy independent? And I think hydrogen can help countries that are depending on oil and coal at the moment, like African countries, for example, to become energy independent while they're using hydrogen. And one of the most interesting things that happened from this kind of energy crisis was realizing that hydrogen has to be decoupled from the price of electricity. And I think that this is really going to be pushing the boundaries on creating energy independence. Once you're not linked to kind of legacy systems of creating electricity and energy, and hydrogen has to really look at formulating a fundamentally new way of creating, storing, and using energy. It becomes really exciting. Exactly. And just think of all the countries, emerging countries that we have, especially in Africa. They have troubles getting the energy they need. Like they have to import coal, they have to import oil, but they have on the other side enough sun mostly. Um, to create their own energy base. So hydrogen can be like a super interesting or can play a super interesting part in their in their future energy needs. And they want to grow and they will need more energy. South Africa is also a good example. And they rolled out a plan to implement more hydrogen or generate more hydrogen for themselves, but also for the neighboring countries. So we are planning on having an entire kind of content plan, I guess, to put it very technically, <laughs> to talk about hydrogen. And so we're going to have a podcast. We're going to be having a newsletter through Substack. We're going to be launching some new social media channels. So you should basically look for us that change of direction everywhere that you have social media, because we really have a lot of exciting things to point out about this transition. And I think that education is one of the biggest problems that we're experiencing today. There's a lot of kind of battery lobbyists and coal lobbyists. There's a lot of also hydrogen lobbyists, of course. There's a, there's a lot of politics at play here. But there's a lot of potential for how we can attack this climate crisis. Exactly. And for that, we also not hear from us only. We will speak to a lot of experts, uh, CEOs from companies, uh, not even like special hydrogen companies, uh, but just, you know, companies that are thinking about how they can transform their company to net zero. And you're going to hear from them how they do it and how they think about the future of hydrogen and, of course, the future of in the in the energy world. So thanks for listening to our very first podcast all about our love and obsession of hydrogen. So be sure to follow us on Substack, Change of Directions, where we're going to be having a lot of action-packed newsletters coming out, and as well across everywhere you have social media, Change of Directions, to have conversations with us and chat with us about what you think about hydrogen, maybe how we're wrong, but we're right. We're always right. We're always right. We're always right. Now, no, no, give us your comments and give us your your 
ideas about what you think should be done in in the energy market and how the energy market uh, will change in the next years. Until then, we wish you a very good time and goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.